You're listening to Radio Influence. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing out there this week? Listen, man. Listen, I I, I, I have to talk about uh, an experience, an on-track experience that I recently uh, had. Uh, and, you know, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud. But I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where I've learned something. I've, I've learned from it. So I didn't lose because I didn't lose the lesson. <laughs> okay. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, shout out to my people, to my family at Pirelli. Uh, they annually hold a VIP track day. The at, It's Mazda, WeatherTech, Laguna Seca, you know, uh, that's the that's the the track, the circuit, and it's held the Monday following the U.S. round of World Superbike. So this was a couple of weeks ago, and I debated on whether I was going to talk about it or not. Like I said, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm good. Your boy Black Moses is good, but it was an on track thing where it never happened to me before. And I've, and I've mentioned this multiple times. I am not necessarily the fastest rider out there. I ride my ride. I ride my pace. And, you know, I do. Um, I know plenty of fast guys. Shout out to my boy, Rennie Skaysbrook. Uh, shout out to my boy, Adam Waheed. Shout out to Michael Gilbert. Uh, shout out to my whole crew. My whole crew that, you know, my, my other journal, moto journalists. You know, I know the fast guys. I'm friends with the fast guys. I'm good, and I learn from them. But this situation has nothing to do with speed. Um, shout out to my family at Ducati North America for providing. And if you look, okay, if you look at my Instagram, okay, Instagram.com backslash Mr. Black Moses, if you Check that out. In in the last month, you'll see some great, great photos of me at the track, at Laguna, uh, me on the corkscrew, turn one, turn, you know, the back straights. It's it's such a great, such a great track. It's one of my favorite tracks uh, to ride. I love it. I wish I had more time instead of one day. I I would love to be able to ride that track three, four, three days straight, you know, a full like weekend, a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And maybe that's something that we can do. Shout out to the to to the crew at Track Days, uh, the organization out there that, um, you know, that that handle the, the daily operation of the Pirelli VIP Track Day. So just it's a lot of moving parts, but a lot of great teams come together to make this day a remarkable, remarkable experience. Ducati North America, my family always looks out for your boy, uh, providing me with two bikes to ride. I was I started the morning off on a Panigale 959 uh, Corsa, and that bike is amazing. Love it, love it. Adored it until until I rode the V4S. Now I have ridden the Panigale V4S at Laguna previously, okay? But I only had like two sessions 
with her. And that was last year. That was in 2018. So I did one session on the 959, or maybe two sessions. I know I did one session. I started the day off on the 959, then went out on the V4S. And I have to tell you that bike is a dream. I'm telling you right now, I may not wait to see if there is a matte black version, if there's a dark version coming out. If anyone in Bologna is listening, you might want to think about putting together a matte dark version of the V4. Fantastic. Fantastic it would be. I may not wait. I may cop one and then do my thing to it and have it be, you know, the Black Moses, hashtag Black Moses edition, limited edition V4S. And at that point, we would just go V4R and have it murdered out. Okay. That's, I'm just letting you know, that's on, that's, that's what's cranking in my cranium right now, how to make that happen and when. Not a question of when, it's a question. No, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, you dig? Now, here's <laughs> here's where we get to the experience, the on-track experience. And I'm just going to put it out there, you know. Your boy got a meatball. Your boy got a meatball with no spaghetti. And it's not funny. It's not funny that I was riding an Italian bike, no spaghetti, <clears throat> but I got a meatball. Think about it. And here's what happened. On, there's a sound... <laughs> You can't, uh, I, I, I'm going to, I don't want to misspeak and say what it is, but there's a sound ordinance where you can't, the decibel, you can't make uh, over a certain amount of decibels. And on the back straight heading up the hill right before the corkscrew, I missed a gear and I should have been in third. I should have been in third heading up the hill, but I was in second. And so I'm hammering it. It's a horrible, horrible impersonation of a V4. But you get what I'm saying. I'm hammering it. And I go up. I drop into the corkscrew. Went, went. Go around. Come back around for another lap. And there it is. I get the meatball. And I wasn't sure it was for me because I didn't realize. I knew I missed the gear. I knew that I, I I knew that I was in the wrong gear. Let's just say it like that. But I didn't think that it was that loud. Let me tell you something. If you've ever had a meatball on the track, if you've ever had a meatball flag at you, and for those listening that don't know what the meatball is, it's a black flag with a red circle in the middle. That's the meatball. If you've if you've had one. You know, you know that feeling where it's like partially you don't want to admit like that's not me, you know, unless you did something that completely was that you completely deserved a meatball. But in this situation, I did not realize that, okay, that that missing a gear, being in a second, going up the hill, hammering it up the hill was going to pop the decimal meter or, you know, violate the decimal, the decibel ordinance, the sound ordinance. Apparently it did. So the first meatball, I saw it, but it was like, that's not for me. But the worst thing in the world is when they point it at you. 
That is because <laughs> everybody that's riding in your vicinity is like, yeah, that's him. And it was it wasn't embarrassing. I actually laughed in my home because I again, I had never written riding all these years. I have never received a meatball flag. But that one, it you know, I learned from it. And I now know <laughs> that heading up the hill toward the corkscrew, I better, better be in third when I'm on that V4S. Lesson learned. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. Listen, man, listen. There are... Uh, it, it's been a minute since since we had a one-on-one conversation. Your boy, Mr. Black Moses, you know, often likes to just, you know, just talk. Can we get a rap on? Can we get a taste? Uh, can, can we can we rap a taste? Can we talk about some things that are on my mind? And, uh, you know, this is one of those days where I'm feeling like I, you know, I'd like to share with you uh, my community, my, my fellow riders, and, you know, just kind of, just pontificate. <laughs> We're going to pontificate today on several things. And um, just a couple of topics, just a couple of things that are on your boy's mind. Listen, listen, man. It's been a great summer. It's been a great summer. We are now in August. We're in August. And, you know, I've seen on social media, on social media, I've talked about this before and I was hoping that it was something that we that it wouldn't be as prevalent now as as it is. Um, And I'm going to bring it up because I think it's sad. I think it's sad. It's one of those things where I think it's preventable. I think that uh, it's something that we can as a community globally, we can do better at. And, And what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is preservation of life. Preservation of life. I am a firm believer that I'm riding so I can ride again. I don't ride like there is no tomorrow. Okay? Let me back that up. There's a, the right place and the right time for everything. Okay? On social media, I, you know, I put I peek my head into several groups, riding groups that I'm either a member of or belong to or I'm an affiliate of. And what I see often are the pictures after the bang out. And, I'm, and it's a blessing that these individuals who, who fall, crash, have moments, and have wrecks, they can, it's a blessing that they can walk away from or get carried away from or whatever, but they're still alive. They're still alive. And if they want to take pictures and, you know, and put that out into the universe for those, for, for us to, you know, to, to see, okay, it's a blessing that they're still with us. What I am, I'm going to say irritated at, I'm going to say irritated is the fact that it keeps happening. It keeps happening. Um, and if I'm going to break it down to maybe some of the lesser experienced riders and I'm actually, okay, so let's do it like this. The younger riders who, and I'm not talking about age, I'm talking about amount of seat time in. You could be 45, but if you've only been riding for a season, you're a youngin'. You just got here. You're wet behind the ears. Your breath smells like Similac. I said it. What? (laughs) 
what I'm what I what I'm what I'm saying is that the younger riders or the riders that do not have the seat time in, they are perhaps what I noticed are picking up bad habits, bad habits, and then they are. <sighs> Oh man, they're just doing it. They're just it's 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 prolong it's this circle of this circle of bad habits. And it keeps going and it keeps going and they see uh the other people that are lacking experience and knowledge. Okay? And then of course with some people you can't tell them anything anyway and I think that's part of the problem. There's a lot of pride and there's a lot of uh ego and bravado involved with what keeps happening out on the roads, out in the streets. There's a lot of people who are getting hurt and it's not necessary. There are some people that are dying, that have died, and, and it wasn't necessary. And it, it's not always a question of, oh, the type of gear that was being worn. It's about, or if they were wearing gear at all, or the other person, or who, sometimes it's just about common sense. Sometimes it's just about common sense and education. There are far too many, far too many riding schools, track day organizations, tracks that offer education, that offer opportunities to ride at higher speeds to uh, in a in a controlled manner, in a controlled environment as much as possible. Uh, there's far too many of them in existence today for someone to say that I'm going to go out and I'm going to rip, you know, and they're just going to, and then, you know, the GoPro and, and the, okay, all right, yeah. All that, you're going to document what I'm going to call your dumbness. You're going to document your dumbness. I don't care how fast you are on the street. doesn't matter. I don't care. It's not about being fast on the street. It's about being smart. Your job is to, if you roll out of your garage at 8 a.m., your job is to roll back into your garage at a certain point later on in the day. That's your job. Get home. But if you're out there doing dumb stuff, if you're out there doing dumb stuff because you think it's cool or and this is where social media kind of falls into it. Social media. People are doing it. They used to say, I'm, I'm old. I'm old. There was a term. It was like you got to do it for the gram. You got to do it for the vine. Or I think it was the vine, which, you know, but now they like do it for the gram. And people are so caught up in the likes and caught up in followers. And man, you know what? Let, let, it's not about that. If you're if you're a real rider, it, social media. First of all, social media isn't real. It's not. It's virtual. It's a virtual universe. It's digital. It honestly doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So people that are overly concerned. And I'm saying this as a person with a pretty decent social media uh, existence, okay? I have a pretty solid base of, of followers on Instagram and, and on Facebook and, and on Twitter. And I do post. Uh, but if you notice, if you go to my accounts, uh, Mr. Black Moses, uh, on Instagram, you'll notice the pictures that I post are of me. Or the ones that I do post of me. And, and I'm riding, I'm properly geared up. I think that if you go really searching, you might find one or two of me maybe not wearing 
an article of gear, but I may not be, I'm not doing anything crazy or stupid in it. I might be moving the bike from one end of the parking lot to the other. But the reality is, if you look at what I'm doing, and again, I'm 44, I've been riding for over 20 years. I understand that asphalt to skin, skin will lose every time. Asphalt to skin, your skin will not win. I, I just, that's what your boy did. I just came up with that. Asphalt to skin, your skin will not win. You dig? Or maybe it sounds better the other way. Asphalt to skin, asphalt's going to win. I like that better. I like that much better. New hashtag alert. Listen, man, my point is, when you have, when you have the opportunity to do better, and the the situation to do better, and the, the oh, oh, if you can do better and you don't do better, then you're just stupid. And if you're riding, if you're a rider, if you're a rider, I don't care what part of the country you live in. And I've look, I, look, I've written all, I've written internationally. You know, being a member of the press, I've had the blessing, the joy of writing in Spain. I've written in California. I ride in, you know, I, I, I've written in Canada. I, I ride. I ride. So I get to see all different types of riding environments. I've written, you know, I ride a lot. They give me the keys and I ride. And I have to tell you, there's no more joy, nothing more joyful than riding on the track geared up, suited and booted. That to me is, I, I love it. First of all, I look like a, a superhero, okay? First and foremost. So your gear comes into play and then you look fantastic. You feel great. And then you get out on the bike and, you, and you're just doing the damn thing and you, and you feel great and you feel good. You look good. And then you link up with the photographer and he's making you look great and fantastic and 10 times faster than what you're already going. And then you take those pictures and you throw them up on Instagram and you look fantastic. That is, to me, that's content. That's proper content, okay? Now, how does this all relate to what I was saying about the younger riders who are lacking the experience? I feel as though a lot of riders, I feel and believe a lot of younger riders are caught up in the social media fantasy, they are too busy or too consumed with going out to capture what they consider great content. And honestly, I'm going to say it's not great content. You might get a lot of likes, but you know, does it, is it, first of all, it's not real, but two, are they liking or are they laughing? Are they liking or are they laughing? And if you go in and you read some of the comments of some people, and I'm, and I'm, if you go and you read some of the comments, a lot of it is pretty telling. A lot of them, a lot of it's it's pretty telling what's going on in the comments. I want to say to those individuals, you know, and I'm not I don't throw names out there, but I have people that some people that are even close to me that do this type of stuff. And I've told them, you know, it's not the move. It's not the it's not the move. It's not you're, you're in it for the wrong reason. If you're in it for the fame, don't ride for the fame. You ride for the ride. Ride for the ride, not the fame. The fame is is fleeting. It's fleeting. The ride could be for as long as you want it to be. So younger riders, younger riders, just you know, if 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 you are paying attention, if you to your OG Black Moses, homie called me an OG the other day, 
and I was offended. Part of me was offended. I was like, what? Who are you calling? Oh, then I said, wait a minute. Okay, OG, that's respect. I'll take it. OG, Black Moses. I dig it. But if you are inclined to listen to anything that's coming out of my mouth, just the next time you are inclined to go and do something stupid, okay, for the gram or for social media or for the likes, just think about it. Think about it. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? As I mentioned, I, I the riding groups on social media, Facebook mostly, that you know have it, it seems like every week there's a post of somebody went somebody went down somebody went down so uh somebody's bike is wrecked somebody's riding season is over there were people who were posting that their riding season was over back in march on the east coast because they got that we had that that first warm day and everybody went out and and just you know were were just getting it and some of them got got some of them got got and I have a, I just, I, you know, and I've, it, it emotionally, I'm invested because I care about our community and I want everybody to enjoy the ride for as long as they, as long as they physically can. But the rides that end prematurely, the, the riding, the riders who end their ride before it's necessary, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about them. I I see when I'm out and, and, and I, it took me a while. And again, and I understand it when I was younger talking about age, you couldn't tell me nothing. I thought I knew everything. Um, and I still have moments at my age now where I feel like you can't tell me anything, but I, I can check myself and say, you know what? I'm a student of life. I can always learn. So I, I will listen, please. Whether and if I find out that I know already, you know what? I know that I know already, but the opportunity to learn is there. So I'll take it. What I'm saying is about a lot of younger people, a lot of younger riders. You you can't tell them shit because they think they know it all. And and that's again, I was there. I was there. So I understand that. That the sentiment of you, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And if I see somebody doing the wrong thing, I feel obligated to, in a low-key manner, low-key. I'm not going to point somebody out in front of the crowd or try to embarrass anybody. You know, I might send somebody a, a text message on the low. Okay, example, example. Somebody will post something. And I'm using general terms like somebody. So nobody, I'm not pointing anybody, any fingers at anybody. I'm not calling anybody out. But uh, somebody may post something and there's all these comments coming in. Blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. Thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. So many views, whatever, whatever. If I feel motivated to get involved, it's rare that I will post a comment in the thread. If I'm close with the person, I will send a private message. I might directly text the person to give my one and a half cents on it. Not my two cents, just my one and a half. If they ask for the full two cents after the initial, sure, I will, I will indulge. 
Okay? But I, I feel obligated as OG, as, as the kids have been <laughs> calling me lately, OG Black Moses, I do feel obligated to offer not necessarily advice, but a different point of view. Because I am not, I am not a role model. I am not a role model. Trust me. We've been down that road before. We've had that discussion. I curse too much. <laughs> I might drink too much when I'm off the bike. Um, not too much saying, you, you know what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm, I'm not a role model. I'm a badass. That's what I do. Uh, I don't want anybody to follow in my footsteps per se. But moving on, back to the topic at hand. What I'm saying is that I feel that the responsibility to correct wrongdoing or many of the errors that are occurring with our younger riders, I feel that it is the responsibility of older riders. I feel that it is the responsibility of older riders. If you see something, you should say something. You could save somebody's life. You could save several people's lives. I'm going to say it again. Older riders, if you see something, you should say something. You could save somebody's life. Now, if the younger person is not as receptive as they could be or as they should be in some cases, it's on them. That's between them and the universe. But you've done your diligence as an experienced rider to help someone. And I think that that is important. And we're, that's where we, we have that sense of community. That's where community comes into play. Okay. We are a community. Each one must teach one to reach one. If I said that right. <laughs> if I said it right. You got to reach out. And it's your, it's your responsibility to teach. It's your Responsibility to lead by example. Again, I am not a role model and I'm not asking anybody to be a role model. But what I am saying is that as a community, if there are elders, if there are elders, experienced, uh, mature people who are perhaps respected, respected in the community, I'm not going to say obligation. I'm going to say you have a higher higher calling of responsibility to reach out and say something. If you see something, you could save someone's life. Now, another thing that I notice, while a lot more riders are wearing gear, which is great, it's great. I'm also seeing more post of people not wearing gear. And it's weird because they may wear a helmet, but they're not wearing a jacket. They may wear a jacket, but they're wearing uh, low-cut low sneakers. Sneakers. Some cases I've seen flip-flops. It's weird. But... <laughs> But I, you, you see things. You see things. You might see somebody wearing a jacket and no helmet with the you no know, rock goggles. And okay, all right, I get it. But I don't get it. I don't get it because it doesn't look cool. It looks like you're halfway dressed. You're halfway dressed. Go and get proper gear. 
this is something that honestly, the fact that I have to talk about it, it's something we shouldn't have to talk about at this state, at this stage. And it's funny because some of the people that are wearing, that are not wearing the appropriate gear will go and post a video highlight of the last weekend's MotoGP race. And it's like, wait a minute, what do you do? If you're what? what? That doesn't make sense. They'll post a highlight reel of the last MotoGP race or, or race from the weekend. And then they'll post a video of them out doing dumb stuff, not appropriately geared up. Things don't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's not for the fame. You're in it for the ride. You're in it for the ride. So, again, the elders of the riding community globally, if you see something, say something. You might save someone's life. If you see someone, and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. If you are, and money is always an issue. Money is an issue. I respect and I understand that. Some people, they just want to ride. They don't think about the total package. They just, they got their bike and they have one or two items, maybe one, and they want to go for a ride. I understand money's an issue. If you are listening to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses, and you are in need a legitimate need of some riding gear. I want you to reach out to me. Reach out to me. Hit me. Hit me up with a comment. Hit me up with a message. DM me. Uh, send me an instant message. Somehow connect with me. If you are sincerely in need for proper gear, I'm not saying what I'm going to do or what I'm not going to do. I'm asking you. First things first. Reach out to your boy. And, and let me find out what your situation is, okay? That's that OG in me reaching out to the lesser experience or the younger riders out there because I want to see you riding. I want to see you out there, okay? And I want to see you out there looking good. I want to see you out there looking proper. You dig? So let's work together on that. If you, I'll say it again, you can hit me up on my social media accounts, Okay? And, and, and just let me know what your situation is. If you have a story, if you have a story of why you have your bike, but you don't have gear or whatever, just let me find out. Reach out to your boy. Let's see what the situation is. And we'll take it to the next step if possible, if necessary. All right. But I want to hear. I want to hear what's going on out there in the community. I want to hear why people aren't wearing gear. The ones that aren't. The ones that are wearing gear. Black Moses appreciates you. I respect you. I dig you. Please keep it up and keep it going. Okay? I love you all. I love you all. I love all my riders. And I love your support. And I, and I love when we do rides. And I love when I love when we can get together at events, at bike nights, and, and, and celebrate our lives. And just, you know, be us. We, we, are, we live in a grand, we live in a grand time. It's a great, it's a grand time to be alive. It's a grand time to be alive and to be a motorcyclist. And if you can hear it in my voice, I'm very passionate about this. That's why I said, you know what? I needed to have a conversation. I needed to have a conversation with with, with my beloved, with, with my listeners, with my friends and my family out there. I needed to have a conversation because there's a lot of stuff that I just can't, doesn't make sense to me. I want to know what's going on. What's going on in the community? 
Why is it okay? Why? In front, wait, I'm not the only one. Again, I'm not the only one who sees the nonsense. So I know I'm not the only one who's not who, who's saying something. I'm not the only one. Other people must see and are saying things. But why is it? Why are we not progressing? And let me clarify. There is progression. I do see, like I said, there are more people wearing gear, okay? But then I still see a lot of people who aren't. And maybe the people who are wearing the gear are too busy riding, which is a wonderful thing. They're too busy riding to be posting on social media, okay? Which is great. I get it. I dig it. You're too busy riding. Go get your ride on. I love it. And then maybe the people who, and and that makes it look like the people who aren't wearing the gear, as, as they should, uh, maybe they're too preoccupied with social media. I'm going to say this. Social media isn't real. Writing is real. And again, I'm saying this as a person who has a pretty solid social media fan base. Okay? But I'm aware, I, I think my fan base, or I don't want to say fan base, my friend base, my, I don't want to say followers, I don't know, whatever. The people that like my stuff that I post, I think it's solid because I keep it 100. I keep it 100. And I'm okay. And that's in that in in that in in its sense, that's where social media is a tool. When you keep it 100 and you use it in a manner to broadcast your message, to promote your message, to me, that's real content. That's when social media becomes real, when the content is real and it's beneficial to the community and it becomes about helping other people and helping others to progress and reach the next level. That's when social media is real. To me, social media, that, that it, and it, when social media is used in a way to break people down or tear them down or do stupid things or talk about stupid things or, or spread hate, that affects our community in a negative fashion. And it's not good. It's not good. You can never build yourself up by tearing someone down. Together as a community, we can uplift each other. And I don't, you know, look, is it that political? I'm not talking about politics as in like the president and governors. I'm talking about the hierarchy and the political situation that exists in the motorcycle community and industry. There's, it's crazy. That's a whole, that's another show in itself. The nonsense that goes on in social media, they hate between this person and their post. And if they have real, uh, real followers and who bought and what, that's a whole different subject. And that's, you know, that's, that's something else. But I want to express to the younger riders, the lesser experienced riders, you know, hopefully if you have bad habits, because we, I've had bad habits, and I still have bad habits. You know, it's it's one of those things. I get comfortable, I'll get lazy, and you know, I'll try to snap back in. That usually happens on longer rides. Um, but I, I just want to express that there's too many opportunities out there to do the right thing, to learn how to do the right thing. I in one of the episodes earlier in the year, I stressed strongly about doing track days. I stressed strongly about taking classes. I stressed strongly about 
wearing gear. Shout out to my sponsors, Icon Motorsports. Shout out to D3O for keeping your boy, Mr. Black Moses, safe and protected always. You dig? Um, I, 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 I think that, as, as I've said, as I've said, when you know better, you can do better. Let's all put in an effort as a community to do better. And one more note, one more note. If you're a lesser experienced rider, you also have a responsibility to educate yourself because keep in mind, you're riding a machine that could end your life or someone else's, okay? Think about that. You are riding a machine that could end your life or someone else's. So you have a universal responsibility to educate yourself on how to properly ride that bike. You have, I'm going to say, beyond responsibility, you have an obligation. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to your children. If you have some, you owe it to your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, whoever. You owe it to yourself and them and the community at large to learn as much as you can to be the best rider that you can be. You have an obligation. Take a class. Do a track day. Do another track day. And then do some more track days. Ride as much as you can and learn as much as you can. Get as much seat time as possible. Okay? Black Moses loves you. Black Moses appreciates you. I want to see you boys and, 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 and gals out there. All right, let's get it together. Let's get it together and let's get it together. You see what your boy just did there? Did you see? Let's get it together so we can get it together. Holla at your boy. Well, that's our show for this week. Listen, listen, man. I want to thank all of you, as always, for your support, for your love, and checking the show out. And as I mentioned, please, if you have a story to tell, if you think that you would be a fantastic guest, if you have like to have a conversation with your boy, Mr. Black Moses, on an episode of Life in the Fast Lane, please reach out. Hit me up on the DM or instant message me on any of the social media platforms. Uh, you know, and we'll be in touch. We'll reach back. You know, you reach out, we'll reach back. That's how we get down with the get down. Please, please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official. On Twitter, you can find us at L-I-T-F-L Official. And on Facebook, you can check us out at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. And as always, please hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button. We'll be right back here next Friday with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone. This is a Landry Football Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Richard asks... Chris, in your view, ever since the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl where the Patriots came back to win in overtime, do you sense that teams are getting tight whenever teams have a huge lead against the Patriots? It's not that teams are getting tight because they're the Patriots, because the history of success, it's why. The Patriots are the best in all of football, certainly the best in the NFL. Football is a strategic league much, strategic league much more than college they are the best at in-game adjustments so even when you have success early against them and you have a lead 
they can work their way back into some games better than most. Teams are aware of that, but often have a difficult time adjusting to their adjustments. So in essence, it, it seems like teams are tightening up. And to some degree, they are. But, but what's happening in greater detail to understand it is not because they fear of anything, but that they adjust and they don't, they're not able to keep up because the Patriots are usually one move ahead. So it's a constant, okay, they're getting back. We've got to make an adjustment. They're already making adjustments to that already. And that, that becomes a problem because they're getting back in games even when you're taking the lead on them. Tom Brady can change tempo and go from 80 to 20 pass to 80 to 20 run. They can speed it up, slow it down work all layers of the field, isolate coverage adjustments and flaws, get the ball out quickly, run four minute, run two minute. So even though you have early success, it's tough to do it for four quarters. The Landry Football Podcast with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.